Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza, and on this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, I sit down with Craig Ballantyne, and I actually don't sit down with him right next to me because he's in Cancun, and we spend the first maybe, I don't know, 20 minutes or so of this episode talking about you know him living in Mexico and why he's living in Mexico, if he's coming back to Canada, and then we dive into this video I stumbled upon from him recently called The 7 Success Habits That Made Me the Most Money, and I really resonate with a lot of these things. I think they're pretty useful. If I reflect back on my own life, I think these points really are key in where I am today and what I'm, how I'm able to be able to live today. So I wanted to talk to you, uh, Craig, about those particular points. So that's kind of what we do. If you want to skip the whole Mexico chat at the beginning, you can skip ahead of 20 minutes or so, and then we kind of dive into it. And if you are listening to this, Craig is definitely someone we recommend reading his books. You can follow him on, on Instagram at Real Craig Ballantyne, just all around good guy. And if you are listening to this and you are ready to dive into the real estate investing world, but you don't know where to begin, you might want to check out our weekly newsletter. We've been getting a lot of great feedback about it. You can add yourself to that list at rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash newsletter. Each week we send out a summary of all the content that's coming out um, from Rockstar. And we also give a little opt-ed piece, a bit of an opinion on what's going on in the economy, the real estate market. We share some stats, some data, and we do all of that each and every week. It usually goes out on a Thursday. To be fair, probably out of 52 weeks, we miss maybe three or four total weeks throughout the year, but you can add yourself to that weekly email that has tens of thousands of people on it by visiting rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash newsletter. That's it for this episode. No, I'm not, it's not that's it for this episode. That's it for the intro. Let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. We are live with Craig Ballantyne. I was just saying, I love bringing Craig on, not only because he brings the fire, because <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, now I'm setting the bar too high, but you just have great things to say, dude. I mean that sincerely. Like I, I learn a lot listening to you. You're often a, a new concept. I get a reminder of something I knew and I had forgotten. I get from you. So like, I just really value the information you put out. Like, I feel like you cut Thank through you. the bullshit. And there's so much reading I've done in life, which is all theory, can't really apply it. The thing I like about your stuff is I can take it and I can apply it. So thank you for being oh, happy to help, man. I mean, it's it's all been applied in my life and my friends' lives and my clients' lives. And it's the real deal. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So where are you right now? So I live in Cancun, Mexico right now. And uh, oh, shit. you're is... saying you live there. You're not even saying I'm visiting or I'm here for a bit. You're, no, you said I, I mean, uh, we have been here for eight months. We Our daughter was born in Mexico. She has two passports. She was born in Playa del Carmen. So people visit Playa del Carmen. My, that's my daughter's hometown. We were actually just there on the weekend. And we stayed at this Grand Hyatt. Really, really great place. So if you're coming and you want kind of like a 
an American Canadian hotel to stay at, but you're super close to like the main stuff in uh, Playa del Carmen. It's absolutely great. It's not one of those all you can um, exclusive, what are they called? uh, All-inclusive, all-inclusive. You are local now. You are local. They're very inclusive though. I mean, they they don't discriminate against anybody. They're very inclusive, but but it's really great. And so um, that's just a good place to be. But, you know, we're Every day I wake up and I go, wow, it's way too hot here and humid. But uh, but other than that, life is very, very good down here in Cancun, Mexico. Yeah, it's funny how no matter where you are, you'll always find something to complain I will, about. Yes. I say that jokingly because I, you know, up here in Canada, you complain about the winter. Then yeah. as soon as it's summer, it's like, oh my gosh, too hot and humid. Like it's just always too much. Well, rain I mean, you, like you wait for that one day in May, right, where you can wear a T-shirt and it's like this is the greatest day of of history, and it's yeah. worth it. It's totally yes. worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you, sorry, and I, and I might have cut you off there. Do you think, are you going to come back to Canada or? Uh, well, we're going to come back this summer. Um, we're going to come back this summer for a few weeks at the end of July uh, through August. We're going to get my daughter baptized at the church that I was baptized at um, near Stratford. We're going to visit my mom's family, uh, show them the, the baby. And then my mom's been down here and my sister's been down here, but um, uncles and aunts haven't been. And then we're going to come back here and we just got a new house down here. We have um, Michelle and I, my wife, have permanent residency down here in Mexico because um, my daughter was born here. So she got the passport and then parents and even grandparents of um, children born in Mexico, of Mexican citizens can get permanent residency very quickly. Um, It's very, you know, in theory, it's very easy and simple to get uh, a tourist residency, which is like a year or two years. But the, the lineup in in uh, Toronto and Vancouver is probably four to six months, the, the wait, but a permanent residency is generally for retirees. And it's a five, it's, it's, sorry, it's a permanent residency for the rest of my life. I never have to renew it. Um, but I got it because of our daughter was born here. And then, you know, we've, we've stood in a lot of lines and done a lot of paperwork, but it's all been worth it. And so now what that means is that um, if I ever want, I can come to Mexico for as long as I want, live here as long as I want. I don't have to do any visa runs or anything like that. And if I, if we stay here for another 18 to 24 months and we pass a citizenship test, then Michelle and I can also get our passports down here in Mexico. So we plan on doing that. And, and I guess now that you've been there for some time, what, anything standing out? It's, like it's, it's different, pretty much different. Fort, like Cancun is pretty much Fort Lauderdale. I mean, mm-hmm. at the end of our street, there is a Krispy Kreme, a Starbucks, a, a Walmart, a Sam's Club, a TGIF, and one of those Brazilian steakhouses, right? And so we live, if anybody's ever come to Cancun, um, we live close to the airport. We don't live by the hotels. It's about 15, 20 minute drive to the hotel zone is what they call it. And there's a there's a mall here that would look the restaurants are like not out of place in South Beach. They're super high end. And but there's a you know, there's a lot of areas which are what you would expect uh, more in Mexico. Um, But again, I just described this Fort Lauderdale and and it's good in a way because I think I might even mention this. uh, No, I didn't mention this because we haven't done podcasts since I've been down here. But, you know, you see 30 people riding in the back of pickup truck. And, you know, I was born in, and raised in Stratford, Ontario, Canada, you know, where in the eighties. Right. So I've, I've, yeah, was normal. Yeah. I rode in the back of a pickup truck, like for the first 15 years of my life. And, um, you know, so it's normal. And so I kind of like that, you know, you see three people on a motorcycle with no helmets on and it's kind of like, Hey, it's good. No, like, all right, good. Not everybody's, you know, in the nanny state. So I kind of like that. Um, 
and it's just, it's hot, it's humid. People are amazingly friendly and we've had a really good experience. Prices are about 25% less than what you would see in Canada and the United States in terms of physical goods. And in terms of people's time, you're looking at, uh, I mean, we pay most people that we have a lot of help here and most people are like five or nine bucks an hour. For, for help. So we have like, an, we have wow. a nanny, we have, we had, we had a night nurse for a long time, um, housekeeper. Uh, we inherited a housekeeper with the house we rented. And so it's great. Uh, rent is pretty much what you would, ex- what, you know, it's very similar to what we paid in Surrey, BC, when the the last place I lived um, in downtown. Can you, so can you ballpark? So it's, it's what, two, 3,000 a month, 3,000. Uh, we're, nice. we're paying 2,800 right now for, okay you know, four bedroom house and it's not huge. Oh, and then we're moving, yeah. we're moving into like kind of this McMansion thing in uh, mo- most of the houses, like for people that, that live here, like there's, there's giant gated communities and we just with security and stuff at the front for like, uh, you know, Uber eats coming in and that sort of stuff and the delivery drivers and the, and the help, they all have a little sticker on their um, cars when they come in. So, so there's security for that. It's nothing crazy. And there's like, probably six of these residential complexes. And we're, we're currently in one and we're moving to another one closer to the airport and the houses are bigger and more spread out and it's on a lake and that sort of stuff. And we're probably, I think square meter wise is 500 square meters. Would that be like 4,000 square feet? I think my brain's tired right now. I can't figure it out. I, but yeah, I always thought it was kind of like a factor of 10 or something. Um, anyways, we're moving to this like house that that's too big for us. And it's probably, I think it's $4,000 a month. So uh, the you rent gotta do is everything, expensive. live it up, live it up. You got to do. Well, I, I will say this though, prices, like it's very difficult. Even when you find big houses down here to find a house that costs over a million dollars, it is. And that's us dollars. Yeah. So yeah. it's very difficult. Um, I don't really understand the, the mortgage situation down here, but I don't think you can actually get mortgages. Like, I think you actually have to pay for the house almost entirely in cash or something like that. I don't, don't quote me on it. I'm sure a Google search on this would tell you, but I think what you can do is you can go through either Canada or America and get a mortgage on when you buy your house, something like that. But anyways, um, houses like this house that we live in, you know, four bedrooms, it's be $500,000. Like it's very, very hard when we were looking, like we're not looking wow. to buy right now, but it's very, very hard to, to find a house that is more than 20 million pesos, which comes out to a million US dollars. Uh, and so if you think about it, if you're like, hey, well, man, I should just buy a house down there because you're like $4,000 rent on a $700,000 house is pretty pretty good spread, I think. Um, and so, you know, we haven't bought anything yet, but uh, there's all that in Airbnb and stuff like that. And I know a couple of Canadian you- guys down here who who have been down here for 10 years doing it big time. Yeah. And I know a bunch of Canadians that we know that have are different parts of around Cancun, um, right where you are. Yeah. Um, anything you've missed, like anything you're like, Oh, damn. Certainly, I, I certainly those spring days, you know, I miss those spring days back on the farm. Um, you know, the smell of manure in the fields, but yeah, you know, the, yeah, the, the, the freshness yeah. we've had a really, I've had a real big pain in the butt with my dog because down here, a lot of people have dogs in our residential community but most people do not like intermingle their dogs. And so we found one. Oh God, so they're not like socialized with each other. No. And, and it's not like everybody has a Rottweiler. It's like, you know, people have Labradors, but they just walk their dog and they don't like, they don't seek out dog parks. And so 
that's been a little frustrating here. And it's, there's not dog beach. There's one dog beach, but it's horrible. And so my dog, uh, and it's very hot and humid, right? So my Labrador has gotten a, a few pounds. The, the person at the Grand Hyatt actually asked me if she was pregnant the other day, <laughs> which is another great thing about Mexico because they're politically incorrect because they're just talking normally, right? They yeah, don't, they, sure, they just, yeah. they just speak you their mind. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it's great. It's like, let's just cut to the chase. And is your dog pregnant? <laughs> because it's very fat. Uh, and I'm like, no. Um, so you have so a that's fat pretty... dog. You have a fat dog. I what do have a fat on? dog. I've always had a fat <laughs> dog because she's a short yellow lab. And anybody who's had a lab knows that all those things want to do is eat. They'll eat everything. And you, you can feed the dog half a bag of dog food and it will still want to eat more because it's just wired that way. You know, just like a collie, a collie doesn't want to eat, but it will chase every single car. All dogs are neurotic. Yes. Labradors are neurotic <laughs> are. about food. And, and so everybody's got a dog down here and everybody lets their dogs bark outside at night, which is kind of annoying, but we've, um, we've built some systems and got some earplugs and stuff like that. Uh, that was a problem at first. But finding her the right exercise has been um, difficult. We found a couple of good dog places, but the good ones are a long way from home. Um, but fortunately, we're moving into this new place that has a dog area and a, a lake so she can swim every day. So um, that would be the biggest pain in, in my butt solved. And then, and then the language. So I spend probably 30 minutes a day on Duolingo, which is pretty helpful. Oh, cool. And I I learned pretty well uh, through that strategy. I'm like the type of person who school was built for, like to see things on a blackboard and memorize it. Like I was really good at school. And so Duolingo is very similar to that, which is an app, probably one of the most popular language learning apps. So I've been on it for 30 minutes, two sessions of 15 minutes a day. It's, I don't love it, um, but French is very similar to Spanish. So the, the problem is I actually start speaking in French to people. It's amazing what you can remember. <laughs> really? Like, You're like French. grade nine and grade 10 French. Well, I, I went all the way, I went all the way oh. through high school. Oh, did you? Grade, okay. grade 12 in high school in French. And, you know, I would think like, I don't remember any of it, but the number of words that I remember in French is remarkable. When I go to speak to somebody, I think in French before I think in Spanish. But fortunately, like a lot of the words are the same. Like You must be a disaster down there. Someone's asking if you have a pregnant dog. You're responding back in French. No, you know no. what I mean? Like it's got to be like, it's just like a reality TV show right. happening around you. Right, exactly. Your dog's pregnant and you're just like, yeah, je, je m'appelle yeah, Craig. Yeah. Craig. Mon, ma chienne sont pregnant. Yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> Oh no. Uh, so, so I'm, you know, I'm working on that, uh, but so I can read menus really well. I can read the newspaper, but listening to some, like, I still Tough. can't Tough. understand. Yeah, they're speaking anything. quickly. There, I'm sure there's some dialect in different areas. So it's yeah. just tough. So, I mean, I can pick out word, like when my wife and I hear a word that we understand, we like, you know, two fists in the air yeah, and we're super so. excited. So, so that's been difficult. It frustrates my wife more than, then it frustrates um, me. But like, for example, she had a little thing. She went to the doctor today, got some instructions in Spanish and was very frustrated by it. Now, one other thing I should mention is um, on the medical side of things. So she won't mind me mentioning this, uh, but so she's had a, a C-section down here. We tried to have a natural childbirth and all this stuff. And it ended up um, our 
baby was sunny side up. So if anybody knows what that means, it means the face was up, which means it's very, very difficult to have a natural birth. And so we went to this birthing center and she was in the pool and all this sort of stuff, which, oh, you, which we could have done in Surrey, BC. So that, that was all the same. But uh, she ended up having a C-section. And can you guess what the cost of a C-section is in the United States? Oh, it's, you know what? One of my friends had one and I was shocked. It was years ago, but I was blown away. It was really expensive. I, yeah, I forget. It's, it, it's, it's it, probably like the lowest end is 30 grand. It's probably 60 grand. So we, we had a C-section. And then for the first two nights, we had a private hospital room um, at this small hospital. Like the hospital was in... Like I've, I've been to your old offices, like imagine that there was a three-story hospital inside your old offices. Like it was just on the side of the road in a, in, a, in a strip mall, there was this hospital and, but it was great. It had, it was amazing facilities. And so we had the C-section there and then two nights overnight in the hospital and the food that they served my wife was good. And it cost us 2,500 us dollars. Wow. And it was amazing. And then um, fun fact. So I've had two hair transplants. Each one of them cost me 10 to $12,000. Yeah. 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 I had no they're idea. amazing. Like, it really? might, yeah. And so yeah, you can um, see how much hair I have right here. You can, I clearly don't need one. And right. I know you're saying like, wow, look at that hairline. Like you're impressed right now. So, I know you're impressed, but wow. I had no idea. Or maybe yeah, you so, had told us that and I had forgotten or something. Yeah. So, so it, like, if you take a look at like the left side of your head, like I was really, I was like, really receding there. And so I decided I'm going to get a hair transplant. This is before I met my wife. Um, and I got two of them done in downtown Toronto, guy named Dr. Corey Torgensen, really fantastic. I have a review on, on Google that's been looked at like 25,000 times. You know, wow. So, I, you know, I have no problem telling people about this. Uh, so it's like 20 something grand for my two hair transplants. Michelle, a, a bunch of her hair fell out and she had a little bit of a, uh, kind of receding hairline. So she's made videos about this on her Instagram. So I'm not telling anybody uh, that nobody knows. And she got one down here. And so when you get a hair transplant, they, they almost charge you by what, what's it's called FUE. It's follicular, follicular unit extraction, which means how many hair units they take out of the back of your head. And so each time I had 2000 uh, FUEs taken from back of my head and planted of my head, it's like tree planting. And, you know, up North Ontario. And so they did 2000 uh, trees at a time. Michelle got 3,100 trees done at once and it cost us $3,000. So all this, all, you know, the, the medical tourism in Mexico is a huge thing. You know, the hospital that we used for the C-section was great. And again, it wasn't just the C-section. I know some, I know a couple of people who've flown to Mexico for the hair transplants. We know people, yeah, we know people that have flown to Mexico for dental work. And, uh, you know, so, so example, what about stem mom, cell stuff? Anybody doing, I always, yeah. feel, I feel like I'm always hearing that in Panama or Colombia, not so much Mexico, any stem cell stuff going on there? Yeah. I know a guy who did stuff in, in Panama, but, um, there's an American doctor who's famous on Instagram and I've, and someone was telling me about him and he sends a, a lot of his people down to Cancun. Um, so that oh. there's a lot of people that do it down here, but, um, Michelle has had also had her, her breast implants removed. And we went to Costa Rica for that during in like 2020 or 2021. And it was really great as well. So the final thing I'll say about medical services that we go, we go to this hospital. Um, we, my baby and Michelle got sick. Baby's totally fine. Baby's totally fine. But Michelle got sick, uh, with like really bad sore throat. And we went to the hospital for both of them middle of the night. And like, but it's a private hospital and it costs us like 50 bucks. And we were in and out of there in an hour. 
and it's really, really great hospital. And so the medical care is really great against private stuff, but it's super cheap. And so most of the stuff is, is quite cheap down here. Um, you know, and again, the labor is incredibly, incredibly cheap. So anything you want done, like, uh, man, I mean, she goes and gets some of these, you know, nails and eyelashes done and it's 20% is what she paid back home. And especially like you live downtown Toronto or downtown Vancouver, um, you know, what you pay $200 for, you get for 50 to 35 to 50 bucks down here. Yeah. 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 Cool. I, I don't know if it's, uh, but I do, you know, but I do miss some stuff about home and we look, we miss a lot of stuff about America as well. So you probably miss the Toronto Maple Leafs. I would say, if I, 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 ball, I would say all. you miss the Toronto Maple. No, it's okay. You don't have to say anything further. Okay. You probably miss the Toronto Maple Leafs. We can just leave that at that. Okay. No, I, it's okay, I, Craig. Craig, it's okay. It's okay. We know you missed game the seven, man. game seven first round. It's like, <laughs> oh, you set your watch to it. You know, what has it? How many? Like, I don't I actually don't pay attention too much yeah. anymore. One of my best friends is diehard. And is has it been four years in a row they've done that? I don't try, uh, count these things, Craig. It's uh, it's a blur. My whole life as a Leaf fan is a blur. But uh, yeah, um, it's I think I feel it's been more than four. Craig and uh, I'm a diehard Leafs fan, and I see it just. I know. Just, I mean, you guys were buying those remember, like shirts. You're and... Yeah, yeah. No, I still do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually have a Toronto Maple Leaf set up for the podcast uh, in August coming on. He's not playing anymore, but he was playing five or six years ago. Yeah, he found found out I was a fan and and reached out. See, Craig, oh, see cool. how it comes back to you. See, yeah, it comes man. back to you. All the pain and suffering. I'm 49 years old, so I've suffered for 49 years. I tell my son, my son just got upset like in the last playoffs. I'm like, dude stand down that's nothing <laughs> yeah, okay like, that's no break your heart you, you stand down i'm still pissed off at gretzky in 1993 we don't have to really even get into this look i um a lot of people i think since you know 2020 and the, the whole pandemic thing are questioning their life and what they want to do with their life where they want to live a whole bunch of rock star members by the way some are moving to mexico permanently keeping some rental properties here in canada yeah moving, selling their primary place to residents, some keeping it, some moving to the Caribbean, some moving to Mexico, multiple moving to Mexico, actually. And uh, I've seen some buy some places in Europe. I've never seen this much action before. It could be because I'm now in my late forties and we've been doing this and people have the financial ability, sure. but it does seem like there's been a mind shift. And I feel like there's another group of some of the people I kind of hang out uh, with friends, fa extended family and extended friend groups, maybe, and they feel trapped and stuck and uh, they want to be able to do some of these things, but they feel like maybe they're not going to have the financial wherewithal to pull it off. And you have these items that I really resonate with. I, I mentioned this YouTube video that you put out seven success mm -hmm. habits that make me uh, that made me the most money. And I just want to kind of whip through these really, yeah. uh, with whatever speed you want to actually, cause they're so important. Sure. But the, I believe success can be somewhat automatic, your personal success, whatever that means can be somewhat automatic if you have the right habits. Yeah. And I know you, you are a big believer in putting the habits into place. Can we just talk about these? I, I'd love to, I'd love to, I think, I'd, I'd say like formulaic might be the word, but formulaic, it's, definitely, okay. it's definitely available to to almost anybody listening to this show, you know, because yeah. I'm sure the type of people that you attract into this show or that, you know, are similar to you and I, you know, same, similar upbringings yeah. and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, there's some people who will listen to you. I know, and will think what you described in the way you're living is a little bit out of reach for them. And I hate that. 
And because I know it's not, and I know it can happen faster than many people believe it can happen. uh, And, uh, and that's kind of why I wanted to talk. And and I'll tell you one thing is uh, Michelle's grandparents were coming down to Lake Ahihika, I think Lake Ahihika. It's about 45 minutes from Guadalajara. They've been coming down. They were coming down. Um, he just passed away at 91. So they started coming down when they wow. retired and about when they were 60 to 65. And I mean, that is a, a very inexpensive part of Mexico. So when I say $3,000 a month rent, like ignore that because understand that there's Mexico is a big country. Like you're probably looking at Ontario, Manitoba and Saskatchewan combined, which is a big, big chunk of land. It's a 24 hour drive from Cancun to Mexico City and then probably 24 from Mexico City, to Tijuana. And there's a lot of very, very, very safe places in Mexico. There's a lot of dangerous places. There's a lot of very safe places um, because I've done a lot of research on this. And there's places that are as safe as Wyoming. Um, you know, there's there's cities in in Mexico that are far safer than Toronto. You know, my sister lives down near Queen of Bathurst and, and I'm like, that ain't safe because I've walked around there. I used to live at King of Bathurst. Like I'm not comfortable down there, but I'd be comfortable in a lot of cities in Mexico. And so there's a lot of cheap parts, um, inexpensive parts, and it's a big country full of very loving people. So uh, I I will just say that, but I'm happy, you know, we can jump into these seven things and, Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I will just no, say one more thing. One more thing. These seven things have been followed by, I have a client, coaching client in, in business. He retired from teaching gym, you know, basically physical education in California near San Diego. Uh, eight years ago, he's 73. He's built a $250,000 a year driving school. He uses online awesome. marketing. He uses, um, you know, these fundraisers. He does all sorts of stuff. And he, if you met him, is exactly like what you would think a 73-year-old technophobe would be like, a, technos, a technical dinosaur. Like he doesn't understand this stuff, but he still powers through and he follows these seven principles and he's built a quarter million dollar year business. And it's not, it's not just a quarter million dollar year business. It's a quarter million dollar year business where these kids say such nice things to him. Like you've, you've given me freedom. And, and he does this for like, People who have moved, like he's just um, doing lessons for some woman who came here from Ukraine, you know, like totally displaced. Cool. And yeah, and, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. So like, yeah. it doesn't matter how old you are. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, so, t- okay, so talk to us. The first one you have on this list is magic time. What the heck is magic time and why is that number one? Yeah, so magic time is this time of day when you're three times more creative, productive and energetic than any other time of day. My magic time is not Tom's magic time is not Nick's magic time is not like everybody's going to have their own time. And so for most people, it's probably going to be earlier in the day, but it's a time of day when you have three times more creativity, productivity, and energy. And you have to figure this out through a bit of self-reflection and introspection. I found this out when I was a broke, struggling personal trainer. I was living in High Park, Toronto. I was taking the subway downtown every day. I was training uh, in Rosedale. And I was training really wonderful CEOs. I mean, um, Ken Thompson trained there, like the the guy who's like Canada's richest man and and Pat Quinn. I got to train Pat Quinn for a couple of years, which was so cool. I mean, what a nice guy. I mean, just absolutely amazing guy. And, uh, but he also put me in my place uh, several times. I feel like he would. Yeah. I feel like he totally would. It was really, actually, he said one of the best, one of the best business lessons I ever got, because you're kind of intimidated training these people. And he just looked at me one day day when I was kind of like unsure, because I was a young person at that time. 
time I was 25 or 26. And he, and he looked at me and said, you're the expert. You tell me what to do. And I was like, I really appreciated that kind of like verbal kick in the butt because uh, he said it in a, with a, that, yeah, that I can amazing grin yeah, yeah. and, and accent. <laughs> and, uh, but it was really like, it was like, you're right. And, and, and I mean, that really like boosted my confidence in many ways. Anyway, so, so the magic time, I realized, you know, six o'clock in the morning, I'm training these people and, you know, I'm giving them great workouts. Don't get me wrong. But all I could think of was I want to be writing an article about why I'm training people these, these way, like everything was just flowing out of me. And so I realized, you know, I'm getting up at five o'clock in the morning to catch uh, the bus during the week because the subway didn't run until six o'clock in the morning. So I wrote, was riding the bus. And, and I was like writing articles on my BlackBerry. And I was just like, man, I wow. really need to be writing at this time because I had, I had already started my online business back in 2000, uh, in 2000, 2001. And I realized this is a time of day I need to protect. And so as soon as I possibly could, you know, I had made enough money through both the training and the online business. I decided to tighten my belt and I took an income hit. And I started not training people at six or seven o'clock in the morning, which was like the most popular time so that I could work in my magic time. The time I could crank out a 2000 word article in an hour and a bit at that time of day. But if I tried to write it at two o'clock in the afternoon, it would take me three hours. If I tried to write it at seven o'clock at night, I just couldn't because I was so tired. And so everybody needs to do this self-reflection and introspection. Wait, sorry, on that, on that point, how were you not scared to lose the income? I was you must have associated the writing the art. Okay. But you must have associated writing those articles with some long-term potential. Where Absolutely. did that come from? Where did, like, how did you understand that? Well, you know, so I was fortunate. I'm a single guy at that time. Um, but I also understood because at the, so I'm, I'm running an online business at the same time as being a personal trainer. And I knew that when I did stuff for the online business, it generated income. And I knew that because the articles that were going on the website and the emails that were going out to the, to the email list and Tom, at the time, my email list was kept on a word document. I once had 3000 <laughs> emails on a word document and I was sending my emails out through hotmail and you could only BCC 50 people at a time. It took me 75 minutes to send an uh, email newsletter out to 3000 people at one point. I was such a dummy. Right. I we was, all were. Yeah, we you know, all. grew up on a farm. What I know about email marketing. And so, so, but I realized that this work done once paid me more than once. And, and that's kind of like, you know, the, the same thing as buying a rental property and, and stuff like that. Like the work done once, you never want to do a one and done thing. And so, like, when I go and do speaking, and I don't do a lot of it, but I used to do some. I got paid for one and done like com a comic that goes out on tour and doesn't have a Netflix special. He's getting paid for one and done. And he's got a manual labor job or he or she has a manual labor job as a personal trainer at a manual labor job. And it was interesting. And I learned so much from my clients and, you know, I did enjoy seeing them get results. Absolutely. But it was one and done. And it was a manual labor job, just like my father on the farm. You know, just like me at this greenhouse that I worked for at Cozine's Garden Gallery in Stratford that I worked for for nine summers, it was one and done. You only got paid for trading time for money. But when I did an article for my website, when I sent an email out to the list, someone might reread that email three months later and buy a product. You know, they might, you know, see an article five years later. 
I did, this is really interesting. I did a YouTube video in 2013 when I was still running my fitness business that when COVID hit, all of a sudden, the algorithm of YouTube started showing this video because it was a body weight only workout. Oh, got it. Yeah. It got, it had been watched a million and a half times from 2013 to 2020. It got watched 7 million times in um, March and April and May of 2020. And I made nearly $5,000 in ad revenue from that video. <laughs> like that that's the power of the internet right there. Yeah, you know, awesome. like the, bo the yeah. books that I wrote years ago, bring me like the book that I wrote in 2018, brought me a $25,000 coaching client last month, because yeah. I wrote a book, you know, so, so that's the thing. And so um, the online real estate, the stuff that we create today, the hundreds of episodes of podcasts that you have people, you know, they can find them through search, they can find them on YouTube. And you know, they might be sitting there doing nothing, doing nothing, all of a sudden, somebody stumbles across it through search and it's shocking. We see the back catalog of this podcast. And sometimes crazy. I look at it and I can't believe people are listening to something from like three years ago. And it's not just one listen. There'll be like 50 listens of that episode in one week. And we're like, what, what the heck is going on? Exactly. Because I'm not that type of person. I usually always want to hear the latest of right. something. So I'm always shocked by that, but yeah, you're right. So, okay, so, so, so there's two Matt lessons here. Um, you know, just for people who are, thinking, oh, it's too late for me, or, you know, the market is too saturated. It's never, it never is. And so there's, um, there was something called a thousand fans theory by a guy named Kevin Kelly. And Kevin Kelly said that you can have a six figure business, hundred thousand dollar a year business. But Kevin Kelly was like a writer for wired.com, maybe even in the editor. And you can basically build a hundred thousand dollar a year business with a thousand true fans. And so a thousand true fans paying you $10 a month gives you a hundred thousand dollar a year business, a thousand true fans. And so that's one big lesson there that you don't need a hundred thousand. You don't need seven and a half million views of a YouTube video. Okay. You need a thousand true fans, maybe even less, um, depending on what you're selling and the long tail. So Chris Anderson, I believe, who was also at Wired, he wrote a book called The Long Tail. And The Long Tail is like the distribution, right? So the distribution is there's a very long tail at the end of a bell-shaped distribution. And it's, you know, 50 views of a podcast that you made three and a half years ago is The Long Tail. And so if you actually look at the volume in The Long Tail, it's a lot. It's a lot. And so... It's like Amazon sells a lot, sells a lot of different titles and a small number of them, but it adds up to an enormous amount of book sales and, and audiobook sales and so on and so forth. And so in that long tail, there's room for everybody is kind of kind of the message. And uh, you know, there's niche market upon niche market on the internet. And and so you know, if we are talking only online businesses, which we should, which we're not the room for somebody to start a side income and make money to support them in some of these countries are moving to is limitless, phenomenal. Limitless. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. So magic time, um, find your time for me. It was the morning. You're right. I think for most people it's the morning, I know some, some people it's late at night. Yeah. And, but, and okay, here's wanna... the thing is you have to protect it because the natural inclination is to, to notice that this is what you're going to notice. Oh, at 10 o'clock in the morning, I get in the flow. I have my best ideas. And then what you're going to do is you're going to give that time away. Mm -hmm. But you have to protect that time like my dog protects her 
food bowl when she's eating, right? You have to ruthlessly protect this magic time. And so what that means is like, I may have to make some sacrifices at 10 o'clock in the morning. You know, like maybe I'm supposed to be on a client call or maybe I'm supposed to do a meeting or maybe, you know, I feel like I should be available on the phone in case somebody wants to, you know, maybe I'm a real estate agent. I don't want to miss like you will just like I had to make a sacrifice at six o'clock and seven o'clock in the morning. I had to lose my $50 an hour I was making for personal training clients. I had to lose that money today to make more to make five times that money in 90 days. I had to lose the $50 today to make $500 in 90 days. And the last thing I'll say on this, Tom, is that you don't have to do this five days a week starting tomorrow, right? So if if it's 10 o'clock in the morning and you're like, well, I got all these meetings and I got to take these calls, like, I can't do that. Okay, but can you do it one day per week for the next month? That's what I did at first. I didn't hack away all my six o'clock and seven o'clock clients. I actually first started with Thursday afternoon. I didn't have any clients. And I realized, Tom, that instead of me doing an hour a day, four days per week, when I had four hours in a row, even when it wasn't my magic time, I actually got more done in four hours than I did in four by one hour. And you need to block these times. So so give yourself magic time one day per week, and then you'll make enough money where you'll have, or you'll have enough progress where you'll, you'll have the confidence to then go, okay, I'm going to hack away one more day. Yeah. I, I feel like the, it's the biggest secret because I feel like the life I get to live now, I can directly attribute to probably five years of starting this business from zero momentum, zero clients, zero revenues, zero database, zero everything. And uh, probably for five years, I went to every day, every weekday, every weekday um, for five years. Um, and there was enough momentum then created that I could kind of like cherry picked and do a little bit different things. But those five years launched what we have today in this business. And I'm so grateful. And I just look back at that time thinking like that, that was, the t- you know, that was just incredible. And I would protect it. Like you're saying, like if I had to launch, send an email during that time, I would literally open my email and kind of block it with my fingers. And just to see, hit the compose button, you know, before they had all I've these stuff hacks like that. that yeah, you, you know, because I'm like, I don't want to see my inbox. Like my inbox is going to make me crazy and, and like not look at my phone, not turn on my phone. Don't look at text messages. And uh, I would get frustrated if I if I was weak and got that time interrupted. And, yeah. and uh, um, yeah, so because it, it, because you can actually what the, the big lesson here is in the hour or hour and a half of magic time, you can get the full workday done. Oh, yeah. That's sure. the, that's For the sure. lesson because the rest of the day is all this interruptions, reactive email, text message, and you feel so good too. Okay. So yeah. why did you put, so selling every day, like yeah. that's a big one to put number two. So Where, my mentor, Mark Ford wrote a book called ready fire aim. And in this book, he says, if your business is not making a million dollars per year, you, you need to be spending 80% of your time selling. And I think that's factual. And, but the thing is, if you actually looked at somebody's calendar, so let's say somebody is, okay, great. I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to move out of Canada. I'm going to move to Mexico. I've got my rental income that's going to sustain us, but I got to build new active income. And you, and they go, okay, so I'm going to start this side business. You know, maybe it's online or maybe it's, you know, something local. And then you look at what they actually spend their time doing and the amount and the percentage of the time that they actually spend selling is going to be very low. And it's going to be low for several reasons. One, it's scary. Two, they don't know how to do it. 
Three, they don't know what to do. They don't know what, what does that even mean to sell? Um, and all the other stuff is far more enjoyable, you know, getting the logo, the business card, the business, you know, some people still do that, the, the website, website. Yeah. You know, all this stuff, you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and it's like, none of that matters. matters. Like if you, yeah. I get all these kids messaging me on Instagram saying, Hey, I want to start a clothing line. I'm like, what do you know about clothing and how many flea markets and weekend markets have you gone to selling your clothing? None. They all want to sell it, you know, on the internet and get influencers and stuff like that. But if you take a look at the Nike story, right, it was that guy selling Nike shoes out of the trunk of his car at track meets. That's how you figure out if you have a viable business is through selling, because if there is no sale, it is like a human with no oxygen in their blood. You're dead. No sales in a business equals dead business. No oxygen in your blood equals dead human. And so sales needs to be what you focus on almost entirely when you start a business. Yeah, that it gave me the confidence to quit my job when we could, uh, when I when I noticed we could get a new customer and sell. Yeah. Then I'm like, okay, I can quit. I can quit yeah. now. Like this is this is. It. I'm tracking and testing. That's like pretty high, and I don't think. I, I wouldn't have guessed that you would have that so high tracking and testing. What's this well, tracking about? and testing? I mean, take a look at anything in life, whether it's, you know, a young man going out and trying to meet girls or whether it's somebody going to the gym or whether it's somebody doing real estate deals. If you track and test what you do oh, when I go and, um, you know, I, I meet somebody and, you know, if I'm doing door to door to door sales, if my opening line is this, I'm going to do it for 10 houses in a row and see what my response is. Ah, this is not, you know, I got like nine closes and one person talked to me for a minute. This line is not working. Next, I'm going to try a new line. Oh, I got five people to let me into their house and two people bought this new line because I tracked and tested. I've learned it's the right thing to do. I go to the gym. I follow this program. I track and test my results. I track and test my nutrition. I get way better results than Sally who doesn't pay attention to anything. And so tracking and testing is one of the keys to accelerating your results in life. Because one of the things that um, you mentioned is it took five years. And I know for me, like I was writing emails for two years before I made a sale. And people are listening, go, I don't have two years. I don't have five years. Trust me, you're going to accelerate. Because Tom and I were doing this when nobody, you know, there's hardly anybody teaching selling and marketing online and all this sort of stuff. And so we were kind of like, in the wild, wild west, making things up as we went along. And we didn't know what we were doing, but I figured out what I was doing by tracking and testing. I did a lot of email marketing. So I would track and test the subject line, the open rate, the click-through rate, and the amount of money made from all of uh, each email. And I was able to, over time, determine how long an email should be, what type of subject lines got a 40% open rate versus a 20% open rate, and then how to configure the link inside the email so that more people clicked on the link. And through that tracking and testing, I have a spreadsheet on my computer that goes back to 2003 with 7,500 plus email subject lines on it and simply open rate or the number of people that was sent to, the open rate, the click-through rate, and the products that were sold through it. Are you looking at that a set time every week or once a month? Every I mean, week, I also, day? no, no. I mean, I track and test every single day. I mean, I look at the numbers in the business every single day. I look at our expense. We have, we have this big KPI spreadsheet in our mm -hmm. business of the amount of money we spent on an ad, how many opt-ins we get, how many people booked a clarity call, how many people booked a sales call, the, the, the conversion rate on a call, the revenue, 
um, and the source of each. Okay. So it's a habitual part of the business right now. Cause we do it, we do it like once a, once a week forever. So since I quit my job, we've done it every week in a spreadsheet. Um, We're tracking daily, but we kind of review it uh, once a week. And then just, just on that point about taking five years within the first six months of being, uh, of, of doing stuff, we were tracking everything. So we kind of knew we had something. It took, it took five years to really generate maybe the revenue that I would call give me some sort of freedom in, in my mm-hmm. life. But, but within six months from tracking, we were like, oh, if we run this ad, we get this many people at this cost. This many people will say they're interested in doing business with us. This many will actually buy a property. This many people will actually buy multiple properties. That gave us the peace of mind to think, oh, we have a business here. You know, so it didn't just for anyone listening, if you track, you kind of notice these trends. And then I like that in business because then business is very formulaic to me, which is what you were using earlier. It became, it wasn't a mystery anymore. Whereas before I thought business was a mystery that the tracking allowed it to be like mathematical to me. I'm like, oh, put this in the front. This comes out at the end. I get it. Cause, cause a lot of it is, a lot of it is very formulaic and we're, we're looking to build sales machines. And, you know, the, the other day I had a, I was working with a client in the solar industry. And I mean, that's a crazy industry in, in America. You know, the, the guy's 28 years old, his, his company does seven and a half million dollars a month in solar sales. And all it is, is here's the script. How can I get more young men yeah, and yeah. women on the road, knocking on Saying doors? The script. That's yeah. all it is. That's all it is. And I mean, you know, you got to motivate them and, you know, there's a lot of turnover in that industry, but that's all it is. It's just a factory. It's like putting in a tree, turning it into a cardboard box. That's it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The next one was save time every day. What did you mean by that? Save time every day. Uh, Save time. So you want to, you need to be able to buy back your time as much as possible because um, so I was teaching this yesterday on on a presentation is, if you know that, you know, so, so figure out your hourly worth. If you made $100,000 last year, you probably are, your hourly work worth is 50 bucks, right? Because you work 50 weeks in a year, you work 40 hours in a week, that's 2,000 hours. So essentially you take your income, personal income and divide it by 2,000. That gets your hourly worth. Now, when you're worth $50 an hour and you're the person running to the UPS store or you're cleaning your house or you're mowing your lawn, you are doing $10 an hour tasks when your hourly worth is $50 an hour. So your hourly worth is probably not $50 an hour. It's $100 an hour, but you're doing these $10 an hour tasks, which bring down the average. And so when you're spending time on stuff that stops you from having your magic time, that stops you from learning how to sell, that stops you from all of these things, you are just paying a huge tax, a huge tax. And we're all, you know, as Canadians, we already pay enough tax. Why are we going to pay our own, you know, pay another tax brought on from our own behaviors? So you got to look to buy back your time. And, you know, you and I are both, um, you know, Longtime fans and, and attendees of Dan Kennedy events. And Dan Kennedy has this book called No BS Time Management, which talks about how to you know, buy back your time. And he has No BS Ruthless Management of People and Profits, which is another book that really shaped my thinking around this. And then it's simply, if I can get somebody to go to the UPS store, $10 an hour is a little bit dated, for, you know, but for $15 to go and run all my errands, cut my lawn and do all that sort of stuff, that then opens me up to do the $100, $200, $300, $400, $500 an hour tasks. And this is very similar to the sacrificing $50 today to make $500 in 90 days. 
you know, so you like, yeah, I got to tighten my belt. Um, you know, you know, I grew up on the, in, on the farm where our lawn literally took 90 minutes to two and a half hours every Saturday. You know, I, uh, so I cut a lot of lawn when I was a kid. And if, and if you think about if I was in that position today and I own that same house with that same lawn and I'm an entrepreneur and I'm out cutting my lawn for two and a half hours a, a week, and that's stopping me from growing my business because I just started a new business. That's just dumb. That's just dumb. I'm sorry. That so is what do you say dumb. to the person? Because I think I struggled with initially hearing this and then thinking, well, Craig, I don't really know what to do with that extra time. So I might as well cut the grass because I'm just going to sit around. Like, I don't know what well, that, to do, that, but that's I where guess we go back to the tracking learning and, and reading. Yeah. It goes yeah, back to okay. the tracking and testing. And, and essentially life, life is boils down to this one sentence. Do more of what works and less of what doesn't. And through your introspection and self-reflection, you find your magic time and you go, oh, I do. I should do more of the hard work in my magic time. And I should do less email in my magic time. Do more of what works and less of what doesn't. You know, if you've ever been fit in the past and you're not fit now, you go back and you figure it out. Well, I do more of what I did back when I was fit and less of what I do now when I'm not fit. And that's the same with everything. Your wife upset with you? Well, there was a time when she wasn't upset with you. So I should do more of what I did back when she wasn't upset <laughs> yeah, yeah. with me and less of what I'm doing now when she is upset with me. Yeah. Do more of what works and less of what doesn't. Do more of your strengths and less of your weaknesses. And, you know, you, you don't have to be the Leafs who focus on their weaknesses in order to become a, a better team. <laughs> I like that. I like how you still have done. You, know, you, you just need to find your strengths and do more of that and then yeah. automate, delegate and eliminate your weaknesses. And that's probably the like Leafs one of the biggest messages that I teach people is to automate, delegate, eliminate. So the ADE formula, when you're sitting and doing your work during the day, have a little uh, scrap piece of paper beside you and an alarm that goes off every 20 to 30 minutes. And then look at what you're doing and go, can I automate this? you know, through some automations and softwares. Can I delegate this? Because this is not my job. This is somebody else's job. I'm going to delegate to them. I'm going to teach them how to do this properly. I'm going to coach them how to do it amazingly. And I'm going to delegate it to them so that they do it as well or better than me. So now I've replicated myself in my business. And then I need to eliminate, I need to eliminate things. There are some things that you shouldn't be doing and you shouldn't delegate to anybody. Oh, Nobody elimination should be doing. is so good. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And so, so it's through that, you know, automate, delegate and eliminate, you'll get better use of your time. And uh, you know, that's where you should start. White space walks. Sorry. I know I didn't, I feel like I'm really taking you to task here. Cause I'm like, you're going through so much so quickly. I, appreciate I know, this. I know, I know. And I, gotta, I appreciate, I got it. I got to go in seven minutes, but, I, but the, so the, if we, we leave it, we can leave the last couple. We can, I'll yeah. just name so, the white so space the, walk. So the white space thing is new. I haven't mentioned in any of my books, but this is where ev almost everybody in life has too many inputs into their head and they don't have enough time or they don't take time. They don't make time to synthesize the inputs coming into their head and then formalize an output or a conclusion. So, right. So you're reading the globe and mail every day. You're listening to Tom's podcast every day, you know, every week, which you should, you're studying the real estate market and you're just taking in information and you drive around with audiobooks and you listen to audiobooks in the gym and you know, the, the Netflix at night and there's never any time on your calendar, which is just blank for thinking. And so there's a, there's Keith Cunningham has a book called the road, less stupid. And Keith runs all these business mastery things with Tony Robbins. And Keith says the most important thing that he does 
to make money is he sits in a leather chair with a, his notebook for an hour and a half, three times per week. Richard Koch is a guy who wrote a book called The 80-20 Principle. And Richard Koch is worth 100, 100 million pounds. He's a Brit. And he says the most important stuff he does is he spends an hour a day sitting beside a fish pond thinking. And Warren Buffett, all he did was sit and read and think for 40 or 50 years before he became like the super billionaire. And it's, it's the synthesizing of the information. Steve Jobs has had this phrase, we don't collect the dots looking forward, we collect the dots looking backwards. And what he means is you take in all this information and you have to have time to connect it all. Your brain has to synthesize it to make a conclusion. And if, you, if anybody's ever seen like a little cartoon of Newton sitting under the apple tree, Newton was, get, was in a white space mode. He was just sitting there thinking in an area outside of his work environment because his brain operates different outside of his work environment. And that's where he synthesized all the information and realized the law of gravity. And that is what we're looking for. And so again, everybody listening to this, you have too many inputs coming into your brain. You never have any time to synthesize it. And so what I want you to do is I want you to drive in silence. I want you to work out in silence. And I want you to spend an hour and a half per week walking in silence. So solving good. your problems and taking so advantage good. of your opportunities. This and is what especially you're if you're taking in good information all the yes. other time. If you're not taking in the information, you need to take in good information for right. sure. If you're taking in but Netflix, it's not. The, yeah, yeah. But so you need to take in good books and good podcasts and stuff like Craig's but, talking about but, now. But, but then once you have that, time, you, yeah, yeah, make time for just thinking. And you know, I see people. Everybody, everybody who walks their dog always has their you know, some earphones in. I've never listened to anything walking my dog. And I spent hours and hours and hours walking my dog. And that is where I've had some of the greatest marketing insights and where I've solved some of my biggest problems in my life, just walking in silence. Mm -hmm. Problem is most people cannot spend, they just can't, can't handle like not having an input. I found I, I struggle a little bit on the walking in science. For me, I just, through my own self-observation, it's those mornings, the magic time you're talking about. I need that quiet. I literally need a yeah. half an hour, 45 minutes of that quiet time with a journal just to write out my thoughts. Greg, we won't take you through the rest of the points. I'm going to, you know, honor your time here. We'll get everyone to the video, but I need to write out the, uh, my thoughts and reflect on them and just like, think about it. And that's where everything comes from. Like it's that quiet time for me. I found a little bit of journaling, a little bit of just thinking of nothing and just letting it all come together. It's where I get ideas for some articles we write, some reports that we put out about my family, my life, what I want to do personally. It's so important. Um, I love it. And you know what? I just love it. <laughs> Craig, I love it. Like yeah, it I love is, that time. really good. Yeah. And I'll, I'll yeah. tell you what. So, so I just want to give a quick advertisement for how anybody can succeed. I was born on a farm in Stratford, Ontario. My parents probably never made more than a combined $45,000 a year. And I mean, this is back in like the eighties. You know, my mom probably made $20,000 a year as a secretary. My father was a farmer. We didn't have a lot of money. I was able to, through sheer hard work, study all this stuff, you know, being fortunate to be born in Canada. I was born at the time of the internet coming along when I was going to university. That was the first year people had email addresses. But my dad was an alcoholic, you know, had bad family um, dynamics, bad money, you know, every, you know, rich people, bad, all that sort of thing. Money doesn't grow on trees. Sales, bad salespeople. Bad yeah, problems. exactly. All that stuff. Right. All of those shackles and handcuffs. Again, they're not as bad as, you know, you know, someone being born in an urban environment 
in in uh, sure you know yeah. like like I didn't have all I didn't have nine hundred thousand pounds of baggage. I only had a hundred thousand pounds of baggage. But and, and and you know I'm I'm I make a lot of stupid mistakes. I'm not the sharpest tool in the box. I'm not very good with technology, surprisingly. But I was able to make something because I persevered. And at the end of the day, a lot of this will come down to your persistence. But you know, follow the formula. Do the thinking. Be, like this white space thing. It, it's not. It, it is fun in a way, but it's also like the hardest work that you will do yes. because it is. It, yeah. It's hard work. Like looking at de- like just like looking at deals and figuring stuff out. Like it's so it easy takes- to get distracted. It's so yeah. easy not to do it. And so it sounds like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to have a coffee and blah. No, no, it's like, it's hard work. But trust me, in, in a year from now, if you commit to building a second income, um, whether, you're, whether you're 14 years old listening to this or whether you're 73 plus listening to this, if you commit to it and you do the work, it will happen. I don't know exactly where you'll be in a year from now, but trust me, you will be a lot further ahead than the person who does it for a week and then quits. Agreed. The world is your oyster. Uh, Craig, thank you for this. The YouTube video for the rest of these points is called seven success habits that made me the most money. It's on Craig Valentine's YouTube channel. Is Instagram still the best place to Yeah, real real Craig Valentine on Instagram, but people can email me at Craig at CraigValentine.com. I hardly get any email, which is another story for another day. Uh, So if somebody emails me, I'll get it. Oh, awesome. Okay, cool. We'll link to all of that in the show notes of this episode. Craig, I love the fact that you're down there. Congrats on the daughter. I, uh, yeah, just love everything you're doing. Keep doing it, man. Seriously. Thank you. Thank you. We'll talk to you again soon, man. Yeah, yeah. Later, Craig. See you, man. See you. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to that particular episode. Hopefully, hopefully you enjoyed it. If you want to check out Craig's video to finish off the points that we were discussing, just go, uh, Google him up. You can YouTube him up um, by Googling his name, Craig Ballantyne, or going to YouTube and searching up Craig Ballantyne, or go to YouTube and search for seven success habits that made me the most money. And you will find that particular video on Instagram. You can find him at real Craig Ballantyne. He says he checks his uh, direct messages and responds, so you can reach out to him there. And if you are listening to this and you are not on our weekly email yet, what are you doing? We send out a weekly newsletter and you can add yourself to that list by visiting rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash newsletter. Each and every week we share different opinions on what we're seeing in the real estate market, specifically the Ontario and the greater Toronto real estate market and on the economy, how we're adjusting, what investors are doing. You can get that email in your inbox by visiting rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash newsletter and punching in your best email address. That's it for this episode. Until next time, your life, your terms.